I was really amazed by how accurate and how useful. I mean, accuracy is something people question again. How can you trust a computer that generates something? But it just resonated with me and it was very useful. It helped me accelerate my life, my business, my my career, my relationship with my family and friends in the last nine months. It's been amazing. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the one, the only, the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, folks. Thematics. My name, as always, it never changes. My name is Andy Sokolovich. I am a Gallup certified strengths coach and the owner of a coaching practice, Unleash Strengths, nestled right here in the small Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa. Thematics is a podcast series created to highlight the massive impact the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment has had on now over. 12 million people. And Grace, I'm going to find the actual number today. Last it's time... 13 almost, I think. Yeah, we're going to look it up it because was. I need to know that... If, <laughs> I'm not going to say 12. We're surpassing that. Um, <laughs> and we're getting closer and closer to 13. So for more information or to schedule an interview for yourself, that's right. You too can be on Thematics. All that we ask is that you love your top five and you want to talk about it. Simple, simple stuff. You can shoot me an email, Andy at UnleashStrengths.com, or you can give me a ring, 815-441-2219. Be sure to cruise on over to UnleashStrengths.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. For doing so, you'll receive a free copy of our ebook, Five Steps to Kickstarting Your Top Five, written by yours truly, Andy Sokolovich. My co-host, the one, the only, the talented, don't be fooled by cheap imitations. She is the real deal, Grace Lacanti <laughs> from Lacanti Consulting. And Grace works with managers and large groups and uses StrengthsFinder in her own practice. You can find out more about Grace at LaContiConsulting.com. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E Consulting.com. Grace, how are you doing this evening? For me, it's 9 p.m. Central Standard. That's right. And for me, it's 7 p.m. here in Washington State. And the reason that we're recording a bit later than we normally do is because our guest comes from halfway around the world from us. We're actually more like a third around the world, but the time change <laughs> makes it necessary for us to adjust our recording time. So I guess really quickly, before we get into the guest, I just wanted to mention that the last time I spoke with, with our guest, Zai Mystique, uh, we talked about the strength of empathy, and that, I think that'll come up in this discussion a lot, but I made a list of the ways that I've felt overwhelmed recently. This was last night. I was just feeling really sad about some things, and I started writing all the reasons and it came, I came up with several, a list of 10 different people that I've been in touch with recently that have had experiences that are difficult. So I don't mean to start on a sad note, but I just want to mention that because of the discussion I had with our guest, um, I'm much more aware of and sensitive to people's suffering. So with that said, I just want to introduce our guest today, Zai Mystique who is in Singapore. And Zai, if you, would, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of information about what you do and what your top five strengths are. Hi, Grace. Hi, Andy. Hi, everyone. Okay, uh, basically, I'm Zai. I'm from Singapore. And uh, my top fives are empathy, connectedness, ideation, adaptability, and positivity. Mm, thanks, Zai, so much <laughs> for being on the show. Yeah. So um, what I do, wow, I came a long way. But um, right now, I'm like, um, I'm a celebrity author. I'm a 
of course, I am a, you know, when you write a book, the next step is you end up speaking. So I'm, I am, I'm moving into the line of a motivational speaker and also a certified strengths coach. I've also integrated my strengths coaching into a program called the Sisterhood Mentorship Program, whereby I help women identify their identity, gain confidence and clarity and be happy. So that's what I do right now. Yeah, that's wonderful. And prior to that, and do you still continue the original business that you started with body art? Uh, <laughs> you love the body art business, right? <laughs> okay. The, um, well, it, can I share a bit about my history, like where I came from, like after school, yeah, a little yeah. bit about, and then we can speak about how I integrate and realize how strength was useful for me, perhaps. Yeah. Yes, so absolutely. Right, yeah, so right after I graduated from my like uh, college, I knew I was not going to pursue a degree. I wanted to co- start a business. So I had this passion for makeup, cosmetics, you know, makeup. I could do face painting, body painting. And then I found my first love. I found henna art. You know what's henna art, Andy? No, I Andy, don't. You know? I, I must admit that I, I had to look it up. I was like, what the hell is henna? Okay, I'll share it with you right now. Hannah, you know when people go for, if you watch Indian movies, like they have this painting on their hands for weddings and for brides. Yeah. Madonna has it on her hands. It's like it's a, a reddish, brownish color, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's from, a temporary tattoo. Sure. And it comes from a plant, right? Correct. Right, it's a head of plant. Something. I'll send you a picture, Andy. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love it. I'm actually on your website right now at, uh, is it mystiquealley.com? Yes, and you see a uh, henna art therapy, art therapy with henna or something, those paintings on the hands. I do. I want that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and is it not floral? Like when I was in Japan, I mean, wherever I go to withdraw it and with dragons and stuff. So it's a, actually an alternative to tattoo. You don't have to get the real stuff done. And I've had clients who were pretty smart and very strategic. I think they had strategic in their top five. They did a, a, a fake a temporary tattoo they like the design they go to a tattoo artist and say they want that exactly on their hands yeah. and if they can live with that for a week then they want it for the rest of life something like that but i thought that was pretty strategic yeah <laughs> well i have so, a lot of i have a lot of real tattoos that's why Okay, anyway, so I graduated from school. I knew I wasn't going to pursue a degree. I met a friend and she was like, hey, you know what? You And I used to be a model and also I was pretty vain. I wanted to do something that could, maybe that was my significance. I wanted to be like a famous something, you know? So I, 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 I brought Hannah out to Japan. She was like, you should do this in Japan. So I went to Japan. It was supposed to be a two-week trip. Uh, it became a six-month stay. Wow. I was doing henna art and teaching henna art to the Japanese without knowing the Japanese language. It was super difficult wow. in the first two weeks, but I they didn't want to speak English. So I said, fine, I'll speak Japanese. So I had a dictionary. I was just whack. Like, I just spoke. And in a, in a month's time, I could actually converse in Japanese. So that was a blessing. So I was teaching and at the same time learning something new. And in Japan, it was amazing because uh, we had like media features, featured on the radio, featured um, in the magazines, and people got to know us. People from all over Japan came to where we were to learn henna, and we made lots of friends as well. So that was one journey. And after henna, I came back to Singapore. The dream was, the big dream was to 
go back to Japan to set up a henna school. And uh, what happened was, um, so I was saving money. And when we came back to Singapore, there's something about our countries. They don't recognize our talent, right? When we go overseas and come back, they're like, oh, she's a superstar now. And everybody wants to get to know you. So uh, we were featured again on the papers. Um, we were invited to speak as well about how we brought our art to Japan and stuff. And, and, and then we got busy for a year or two. I said, we, because me, I went with a friend, right? So we were business partner then. And, um, and then uh, in 2005, that was about two years into the game, in, two, uh, in 2005, April, I met with an accident. I, I was in a, in a cab, the guy fell asleep, and he hit on an army trailer, and that was it. Wow. I couldn't move. That was it. And and I thought I was going to die, but I just hang on to life because I said, I have to live for my mom. Like, there's no way I'm going to die. Like, I have so much more to do. But it was super scary. I went to the hospital. A doctor said, um, I will not be able to walk anymore. Hello, Andy. <laughs> yes, no, I'm listening. I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, and doctor said, I cannot walk anymore. Even mm. if I go through the operation, like 95% of the chance is that I will not be able to walk anymore. And then recently, my sister told me that the doctors actually said you had I only had 50-50 chance to leave in this world or I would have left this world. Wow. So I was like, whoa, that was serious. But you see, like, there's a lot of denial that took place. I was, I, I went through, of course, post-trauma, uh, stress disorder, PTSD. I was, of course, a victim mindset. It's like, why did this happen to me? But at the same time, I found it like, there must be something bigger than... There was something bigger coming. There was this little hope in the heart, you know? So I said, okay, I'm going to pick myself up and do something positive. God gave me a second chance to live. What am I going to do? That was the question I asked myself. And then I asked the second question, what was my purpose of being? I kept questioning and then slowly I found God. I went, I started learning. And that was when I decided to wear the hijab. Do you know what's the hijab, guys? Hijab is the veil that the Muslim veil? women wear to cover their head. Mm. Yeah. So then, uh, before that, you know, all the party clubbing and everything. Then I found God. I found need to do it, and I was like, okay, done. And then I knew I wasn't gonna wear um, something that normal people wear. I wanted to still look stylish and fashionable yet modest, right? So I traveled again. I went to London, Cyprus, Syria. It was a very nice 40 days trip. I spot some hijab fashion. I brought back some fashions. I bought brought back some supplies and then Facebook was super new, like eight, nine years ago. So it was super new and I started taking selfie, put up my first few pictures on Facebook and in five minutes I made my first $25. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is real. It's going to work. So it worked. And seriously, I I couldn't go out to work. I was, you know, because of the accident, my spine was bad. I have eight screws now on my spine and two metal rods. And mm. life goes on. Life rolls on, you know. So I, when I made the income, I said, okay, cool. So I could make, I, I made like three to $5,000 a month working from home, which was amazing. So I was like, cool, you know, nailed it. And um, two, uh, almost four years or five years into the game, I was like, okay, this is it. I need to travel again. And then I found a calling. I, I traveled again to Jordan, Morocco, Yemen. I wanted to learn the language, Arabic language. Right. Because mm -hmm. when I read the Quran, I want to understand what I'm reading and I want to be able to converse in the language, you know. So I said, fine, let's go. 
So I travel again, uh, Jordan to Morocco and then Yemen for a whole two years. And that was one of the best, 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 super best experience of my life. Because especially in Morocco, we are so near to Europe, so near to Spain. So I was traveling more than studying, but who cares, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so I was traveling. That was uh, till, that was 2012 till 2014 which uh, 2014, December, I came back. So last year, actually, in January, I came back. I could uh, run my henna business. I could be teaching henna. I could sell stuff online. I was happy. I could teach Arabic. I actually designed a read, write, speak Arabic program. I was teaching it in a, SM, uh, in a university. They actually invited me to teach a language for a six weeks program for the business school. And I'm like... Okay, cool. This is happening again. Like, <laughs> so it's it's cool that whatever uh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in a way that whatever I want to pursue, I know how to turn my passion into profits, right? So um, that's when a lot of people start as well. Uh, last January was when a lot of people, uh, not last as in the January of 2014, a lot of people started asking me, "Hey, Zai, how did you travel so much? How do you do this business? How do you? How do you? How do you? This, this, that." And I'm like. Ah, it's time to write a book. So I wrote a book and I titled it Turn Your Passion into Profit. Mm-hmm. And we can uh, find that on your website, correct? Yes. And so, and that was amazing. Like in the first uh, three weeks, I made my first, I sold my for sold out on my first hundred copies again. Then I know, okay, this thing works. This is for real. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good uh, testing of market, and people started calling me. That was the scariest part. People called me, write to me, and you know what? I'm still resonating with you. And I was like, okay, and they were crying. They were like, you know, this part, and they were like, how do I move forward? I was like, okay, how do you move forward? Is a good question, but. But the thing about writing the book was I have very low focus strategic discipline. Mm-hmm. How did I end up writing a book in a whole week? I just took a week to write that whole book. Wow. That was, of course, a special calling, I believe. And at the same time, I was strengths coached. So this comes to the point of I was strengths coached by a friend in April of 2014. And she was like a... Zai, um, she just gifted me the coaching, just coached me. And then I realized my empathy, my positivity and my top fives. Then I realized, ha, ah, I have this gift. And she said one magic word. You see, the coach really make or break you. She just said something. She said, Zai, you know what? You have the ability to be like Anthony Robbins. Mm. <laughs> she, said, she said that. I mean, I know her. She was a childhood friend and she knows how I am, I guess. She sends whatever. I don't know why she said what she said, but people don't say things for fun, right? Right. I mean, things don't come to you for fun. Okay, that's my connectedness. But yeah, things don't happen just for whatever reason. Everything happens for a reason. So when she said that, I said, I have this and people are struggling. I was happy. I was. Not, I didn't have to go to work nine to five. I was staying at home, I could teach, I could sell stuff, I could go for coffee breaks, two to four, I'm in Starbucks with my book. People were not happy, I'm happy. I said, enough of me, what do I do for the people? So this change happened uh, at a certain point, right, Sai? Yeah. Where you recognized, yeah, I can have success and things are going really well and I'm able to convert my passion into profit, but now I want to see how that can help others, right? Yes. So what was, was there a moment where that occurred, where you recognized my strengths are great, but I'd like to share this with others. Yeah, that's when I decided to write the book. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, enough is enough, you know, like, uh, not enough is enough. Like, I'm happy and I know it can grow bigger as well. But how do I reach out and impact more lives? That's when I wrote the book. And then and then things just happened very beautifully. I met people who wanted me to speak. And then from speaking, those ladies who called me and I'm like, okay, uh, I need to know what ingredients they are made of. So I said, this agent, I need to be a certified strength coach. That's why I took up the strength certification, uh, the strength coaching certification. And now that I have that, I integrated it into a program called the Sisterhood Mentorship Program, as I said. And well, I help brothers as well, not trying to be a feminist or something. But well, uh, I always believe that when we help, without womanhood, there's no prophethood. If our women are stable and, and they are the ones who nurture our boys and our girls, and then it will, it will, hopefully end a vicious cycle of unhappy women mm. when women identify their identity gain confidence clarity and happy so that's why i do what i do so zai yeah your friend i mean she was a strengths coach and yes. and she was so where did strengths finder come from and i'm always very interested when i hear talk to people from you know different countries how did that become integrated in her life did she read the book oh. did she buy it how did she find out she, about it she works for Gallup. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, small <laughs> She works for Gallup Singapore. And yeah, she works for Gallup Singapore. So she knows strengths like inside out. So awesome. I had the best, best, best coach. <laughs> yeah. So now, Zai, you sound like a very open-minded person. You were quickly willing to accept Strength Finder and all the teachings. But what did your what was your initial reaction when somebody approached you and said, "Hey, there's an assessment out there. If you sit behind the computer and you answer these 177 questions, you're going to get this report known as your top five. What did you initially think when somebody was discussing how the process works and how revealing it could be? For me, at that time, I was seeking, so I wanted to identify myself. I wanted to know who am I. So when uh, when that came along, I was like, "Okay, let's go for it. Let's do it." I had no reservations. I was not like question. I didn't question her. I mean, it's just a test, right? I'm just gonna do it and see what comes. But I was, I was really amazed by how accurate and how useful. I mean, accuracy is something people question again. How can you trust a computer that generates something? But it just resonated with me, and it was very useful. It helped me accelerate my life, my business, my my career, my relationship with my family and friends. In the last nine months, it's been amazing. Zai, do you mind sharing a little bit more detail on how how it helped you accelerate your life both personally and professionally? What about that newfound knowledge allowed you to move forward so quickly? Okay, um, especially I always love this part when I found out my strategic focus and discipline is rather low, like it's in their 20, 20 something. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, no way, I'm going to prove this thing wrong. (laughs) But no, I call it the good ego, you know? It was a good ego. So I said, no way. But then I asked myself, which of, at that time, I haven't been, I haven't been coached to be a coach, but I asked myself, which of my top five can be my focus strategic discipline? So um, I found it in my empathy, in my connectedness, in my positivity. And, you know, I want to help people. I got to just get up and do it. So, and I wanted to prove that I was not low focus strategic. So I, I kind of integrate that and, that helped me get up and move every single day. Like I have to write a book and that's it. I'm going to do for the next one week. I'm not going to do anything else. So that helped me find focus actually. 
that's yeah, my that's, that's my number one strength. I focus. Wow. Setting and achieving goals. Wow. Yeah. So good for you. Mm-hmm. So well, it's uh, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to know how to manage it, though. I mean, I think actually sometimes when you yeah. recognize in yourself that you want to achieve the goals, you rally the rest of your strengths and you say, "I'm going to do this. I I will achieve these things." Sometimes those of us who have that in our top five, we can't always focus clearly on what it is that we want to accomplish. And even though I have the strength, sometimes it gets muddled and confusing when I have too many directions. So my ideation tells me, you know, oh, new idea, new idea. And my activator wants to get other people involved. My other, I have input, so I'm constantly gathering information but if I don't clearly state what the goal is, I oh. am not able to use that strength. So I think sometimes, isn't it interesting, have you seen with your coaching that the people that you coach, when you can help them to understand how to use those strengths, yeah. that's when they can be most successful, right? Definitely, definitely. What I understood from this is that, you know, we have the raw state of our team. Raw focus, for example. What is a raw focus? Mm-hmm. And then there's a matured focus. So this is something that we need. Like for me, let me give a closer example so that maybe people would uh, easily relate to what I want to say. When I had raw, when I knew I had empathy, I was like, "Ha, ah, this makes sense. Why I I feel sad for people whenever they feel sad. I feel more sad for people whenever they feel sad. I cry more actually." Or when I see someone lost in the street, I have to just stop and help them. Mm-hmm. And then I understood that, oh, that's because of my empathy. But how 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 do I relate that to being a raw empathy or mature empathy? And it is something that you cannot prepare for like instantly. It's something that is ongoing and with practice, it comes better. So my raw empathy used to be, I will cry so much for someone. I will feel so horrible. And then I will put myself in their shoes and remain in their shoes, you know, after they have left. And then it will cause me to have gastritis. I will feel so Mm. sick. I will feel horrible for the next three, four days. And that's it. But my matured empathy is like yesterday I met someone, she came to the door, we spoke and I mean to my house and we spoke and we I said, Okay, this is the strategy, this is what you can do, this is what you can do and what you cannot do, this is what is best for you, what's not best for you, it's up to you, you choose. So I, I have a strategy, I wanna help her, I know there's a solution, but the choice is hers. I cannot go into her shoes. Mm-hmm. So that is a matured empathy for me. So when I know that and, and I understand that, I keep telling myself, I got to be practical and logical. If not, I cannot serve the world. That's where my empathy, ideation, positivity and all comes about, right? If I choose to be in a raw state, that's it. That's all about me, me, me. But when I choose to go out and, okay, I have to move forward. I have to, it's about people, it's not about me anymore. Then it it doesn't really affect me much. And then I use my top five, my strengths. Uh, I convert my talents into strengths. That's how strengths work. Hey, I'd like to mention oh. something, Andy. Yeah. Did, you, did you know, Andy, that I did some data analysis on where our guests come from? I did not. What did you find <laughs> out? I love data. And I, I think you'll find this interesting. Ah. You live in Singapore and we're talking to you while we are in the United States and you're in Singapore. We've right. had guests from Australia and Singapore prior to you, and Pakistan and United Arab Emirates and yeah. South Africa, France, and the UK. Okay. And um, I just find it amazing that we can connect on a level where we're speaking about the same topic 
What I wanted to say was I think it's just incredible that we are connected. And I know that's one of your top five strengths, Zai, connectedness, yeah. seeing connections between the world, between humans and nature, humans and animals, between ideas, between, you know, disparate things. You see how those connections can benefit us. And I'm just so thrilled that we have this network of people around the world who are enthusiastic about this topic. 12,870,551 people have taken StrengthsFinder. Hey, Zai, I have a question. I'm somebody who's an aspiring author. I always have a desire, and it's it's a continuing desire to sit down and write a book, and I am both amazed and a little envious of your ability to do that in one week's time. Can you walk us through how your day was structured around writing an entire book in a week? <laughs> yeah. I should I should do a whole uh, webinar of this, how to self-publish your own book. And by Definitely. the way, I start- I self-published my own book. There was no way I was going to wait for a publisher to take in my manuscript and hope for magic to happen. I just wrote it. I found a graphic designer. I said, do it. Just do whatever design you think is good. And I found a printer. I got it printed. And that was it. That was my book. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so before all that, how do you... Okay. Well, basically, um, the book is based on five chapters. And this five proven system... I call it the truth proven system. It's T R U T H. Truth proven system. So in the chapters, I broke it down into chapters with uh, five chapters, which are something that resonates in my heart. It's called Think, You Reflect, You Understand, You Take Action, and Then You Heal Others. Wow. <laughs> so you think, reflect, understand, taking action, healing others. So there were these five chapters that I found. Actually, I got to know, I, 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 I identified these five the truth proven system like eight years ago I was reading again the Quran and and you know what's the Quran and the English by the way yes it's a religious book of the uh, the Bible yeah it's our yes. Bible the Muslim Bible so called and right. so so um I was reading and then I was like ah and it repeatedly it keep coming like Afala that like don't you think like God did this didn't you reflect didn't you understand like what are you doing don't you take action and I'm like Ah, so it came to me, you know, like eight, nine years ago. That's this truth thing that came about. You think, you reflect, you understand, you take action, healing others. So there you go. Then I did a painting. I actually submitted it for some art gallery competition. I didn't know it was going to turn into a five chapter in my book and now five proven system in my programs. So um, there you go. That's how I got my chapters, uh, Andy. Mm. So I had the five chapters down. So for you, if you want to get started, like have a... Not the title, but have a subject in mind, right? Well, Andy's already yeah. written a couple of books, actually. Well, I've written some I, short ebooks, but I don't. Books, I've, up until this point, books. I've I lack the discipline to. Mm-hmm. So I get very excited about things for short periods of time, and <laughs> ah, activator woo communication. I used yeah. to do that. I used to suffer that syndrome. I understand it's the shining object syndrome. I call it. Yeah. <laughs> S-O-S. There's a movie called Up, and in it, there's some animated characters, and some of the characters are dogs, and these dogs are really trying to be like like rough and gruff and mission-focused, and then a squirrel goes by, and they all stop, and they look at the squirrel, and they go, squirrel, and they get distracted <laughs> so easily, and I think that I have a little tendency to get distracted quite uh, quite quickly, and it's hard for me to remain back or get back on focus. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot a lot of us have that problem. I used to have that problem. That's why on my second print, I printed a thousand copies of my book because I know if I just printed another 500, I would just sell that and not focus on growing that. I would just, okay, let's do something else, you know, the shining object syndrome, I call it. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I remain focused. I put pressure, a little bit of pressure on me and then, okay, then I'm like, okay, how do I sell this book? Like, how do I, okay, let's come out with a program and then the pro, the pro, this is the textbook for the program actually, mm-hmm. my, my book right now. People have to read the book and then be on the program because if they don't, it's very hard for them to understand and be on the same page. But anyway, so yeah, the problem is not about you right not being able to write a book and they because you already written so many books. It's about staying focused, focused and pressuring yourself to stay out of the comfort zone. Because once we're in the comfort zone, we're like, okay, I'm fine. Let's just do something else. You know what I mean? This is an this is an entrepreneurial topic. I have a different podcast for this. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I have I have yeah. several ideas for a book on de- varying different topics, and I I'm going to promise both of you on this podcast <laughs> that with within the next six months I will have at least a rough copy of my book um, ready to maybe go to an editor. So, well, actually, yeah, one of them may include other authors, right? Yeah, I, have, I would like for you to definitely have, move forward with that one and make me one of your co-authors. Yeah, I have a I have and a couple then- things moving forward. So- I let's re- I'm going to bring this back into more of a strength focused conversation yes. and um, I would like to I would like to ask you of course you've encouraged others to take this assessment but would you mind walking us through how that conversation goes how do you go about introducing strength finder to somebody who has never heard of it well I always ask people my favorite question right now is what are your dreams and goals see when they they, they can mention their dreams and goals and then I'm like how do you get there and then they're like yeah I don't know how to get there I know I have this and then and by then I can I I don't know I have this gift I think it's my maximizer and developer I like can tell them you know what I sense your top five could be um you have focus uh, whatever you know whatever it is like maybe they have empathy but it's raw but i don't tell them they have raw empathy immediately i don't want to turn them off but <laughs> so mm-hmm. i said perhaps you know i you sound like you're a creative thinker you have ideation you have empathy and all but you don't have critical thinking which is like strategic focus and stuff maybe you want to consider getting identifying your identity because i always believe the key to anything is about identifying your identity Once you know your identity, you are founded and grounded, then you talk about your dreams, your goals, you want to be financially free or you want to travel the world or you want to whatever. For you to achieve your goal, I always believe you need, you really, really, really need to identify your identity. Without that, you're just going to swerve. Someone's going to tell you something if you have raw adaptability and you're like, yeah, you are so right, I shouldn't be doing this. And then you just move back to whatever you're doing and that will just destroy all of your dreams and goals. Do you do you ever have trouble when you coach women who believe that they maybe have restrictions about what they can do, even though they have passion for it? It's all about choice, you know. Like seriously, even mm-hmm. even God said in the in the Quran in the in our books that if you don't want to change, even God will not change you. Mm-hmm. I think you guys heard of this. So uh, it's not about change, change, but <laughs> yeah, but that's really the truth. And 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 I always ask them. 
um, what do so it's, it goes back to what do they want? I always speak to my clients or whoever I meet. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, but my children. Oh yeah, you know, but my husband. I said, halas, it's nothing about nobody. It's just you. What do you want? Mm-hmm. I force them to. I force women. I force. I forcefully force. I don't force, but I make them. You know, I guide them to for things. You're forceful. That, what do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't what force do them to change, want? but yeah. 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 You, who are you? What do you want? You know, that's my ultimate, ultimate key question because I've had enough of, I mean, I'm not like 90, but, you know, I've had enough of people saying, yeah, you know, you shouldn't do this. Like, why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? I'm like, hello, this is my life. I have a second chance now, thank God. But I'm not going to live my life listening to whatever, whatever, whoever did or try to follow what my parents did because that was their time. Their time, they didn't have Facebook, YouTube or Skype. But here I am connected to two beautiful people from all across the world who's not in the daylight right now. It's there in the moonlight time. And, <laughs> and night here, why, yes. should, why should I live like people who have lived their life? And I always believe in li- walking the road less traveled. Mm. I think it's, that's my, I don't know, I think it's my activator. Or I'm just, I don't know, who cares? I just want to live my life and do what I like. But I always, always, always tell people, especially my nieces and my family, the younger people I meet, whatever you do, add value to people and do not cause harm. Don't don't harm yourself and don't harm people. Then you're all right. You're on the right track. So that, you know, don't do foolish stuff. I'm saying you can do whatever, but don't be foolish, you know. Think first, then act I definitely hear your positivity coming out, Zai. Because <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've heard positivity in the balcony and in the basement um, from others. And we, we've talked about different strengths in each episode. But um, positivity would be the, the ability to bring out good from a situation and to think of the best rather than miring yourself in the details of how it failed. So you, you're able to help people connect to that. I would really like to hear more about your empathy strength. Um, when we talked, you described that you could, even the thousands and thousands of miles that separate us through from the Pacific Ocean, which I could wave and maybe you could see me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, empathy is so strong for you that you described a situation where you, as a, even as a child, you, you had compassion on people and you felt the pain that they would go through and some of your relatives just didn't understand, Right. And yeah. you thought that they, that your relatives must have, like, especially your mother, you said she had some trouble relating to the the agony that you felt when you saw others suffer. Yeah. But later, you, later you recognized that. How did that happen? Was it through the StrengthsFinder answers that you you recognized that in yourself? Yeah, it was a lot to do with the, when I recognized that my empathy was number one. Um, I think I shared, did I share this with you? Well, anyways, I'm going to share it with Andy as well and the rest. So what happened was, I, whenever I see someone crying, and I will, or sad or whatever, I will like go to the person and try to pacify the person and distract and try to make the person feel better. That's me. But for my mom, she would see someone crying and she's like see I told you you shouldn't have done this and she was like just do whatever then damage the person's ability I mean not damage she would encourage the person to cry more and I'm like mommy you shouldn't be saying that you know don't you have like and and I I I used to have lots of problems with my mom because of that a lot like Mm -hmm. I'm like why doesn't she 
feel what I feel. Not just my mom, like a lot of people. And I'm like, gosh, don't these people have compassion? Like what is happening <laughs> to the world? And I will get so upset just because of that unnecessary emotions, really. But so when I was trying to coach, I realized, ha, ah, that's my empathy. And and then when that same thing happened, someone came, she was crying and my mom started, you see, I told you, you know, you shouldn't da 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 da. And I'm like, ah, then I, 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 I sat back and I was like, Maybe she her, she have lesser empathy. Her empathy is a lesser talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you Maybe know, that's... actually, sometimes those of us who do not have relationship building strengths high, we yeah. become frustrated by the over emotional response yeah. of people that have empathy yeah. and harmony and individualization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use my. I can use myself as an seems, example. It seems there. like a waste. You know, why would you yeah. have so much emotion, Andy? Would you want to say something? No, I'll say I use myself as an example. There, my mm-hmm. empathy connectedness. Um, a lot of my relationship building talents or lesser talents float closer to the bottom. I mean, twenty three mm-hmm. and twenty four for empathy and connectedness, and I often do find myself becoming frustrated with those who I feel are overexpressing their emotions. You know, and sometimes yeah. I'll say, why are you making such a big deal out of this? <laughs> yeah, um, I say that too. <laughs> and I'm a little, and people look at me and yep. think, you're, it's not that I'm cold. It's just, I have yeah. a hard time understanding my wife and I, our dynamic is, is very much, and she's very much in tune with her emotions and I am not. And sometimes right. when she's emotional, she gets frustrated because I don't understand, right. you know, yeah, why it seems like you would be unemotional or almost rude right like you're you're pushing people away but that's really and the quick question that since you bring that up because um the next project after my sisterhood mentorship program is i want to run a program for couples would you like to save your marriage (laughs) through are you asking andy (laughs) no no uh, not Andy. that's what she's gonna call it I want to name I want to name like I want to run this project the next wow. after I'm, I'm done with my sisterhood would you like to stay for your marriage because like I find this a universal problem again not just parent and daughter with what experience but and I want to share how it helped uh, mend my relationship with my mom when I understood she's a lesser uh, she had lesser talent for uh, her empathy was lesser talent and she had no time I, I bring it back to her past like she had no time for all these emotions. She was a single mom. She was raising six of us. She had no time to be all these emotions. She had to be strategic, focused, and achiever. She, then that, that's what she is, I think. She haven't done the test, but I suspect she is the critical thinker. And I respect her more. I appreciate her more. And I love her so much more. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell everyone, my mom is my Wonder Woman. Wow. So... Yeah, so for Andy, right, I just want, and you guys, I mean, you guys are married. I, I hope to do this for couples because if if you know, Andy, like you are a strengths-based person and Grace too, like, you know, but how do you think you can resolve this problem, right, with your other half, like someone who has relationship building and you don't? How do you think it can be resolved? Well, one nice thing about StrengthsFinder is once this was introduced to me as a tool and I began to, began to see that my ability to be empathetic and and recognize emotion was was a lesser talent 
it really allowed me and my wife to open up and freely talk about that. Because before, where it would be a pain point in our relationship and where it would cause friction and possible, you know, uh, arguments between the two, now it sure. becomes something that we talk about and we've learned to manage. And one of the ways that I've managed it is I know that I have to take a stronger effort in acknowledging her emotions. So whenever I get that inkling or that feeling that maybe she's upset, I make sure that I stop what I'm doing and I focus my efforts on her so that she knows I recognize that emotion and she, in turn, because we've talked about it, she respects me for doing so and she's actually proud of me for making that attempt. So mm-hmm. instead of things blowing up and getting you know crazy and we're arguing back and forth yeah. or she's saying, you don't understand me, yeah. now it's opened up for a big conversation that we can have and everybody kind of wins in the end. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Because that is really crucial. Like even for me and my uh, previous business partner, recently we met and we've been catching up a bit. And then I realized, ah, this is why I never accelerated in my work field. I mean, I didn't tell her openly, but it was because she has so much of deliberative, restorative and everything that is opposite of me. Mm-hmm. And so whenever my ideation and positive come about, like there's this light bulb moment, and it's just like, come on, can you be realistic? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> there goes my flame, you know, and I cannot work forward. I cannot move forward. And I just dropped that beautiful idea. And that idea could have been a new business idea. So she's like, can you be realistic? And then my adap- adaptability just slapped me on my face and that's it. And then I'm like, ah, oh, you're not supportive of my idea. And then, you know, that's it. And then we have a some argument and then whatever. But mm. it is so, it's such a waste. But right now I understand she's the critical thinker. I am the creative thinker. And what can we do? Mm. So that can help a lot of couples if they understand that. It save lots of marriage. I mean, getting into a divorce is one thing. And the kids, you know, I pity the kids so much. That's my empathy speaking. But this shouldn't happen. Like there is so much to be done to save the world. Let's be Superman. Yeah, you know, while while you were talking, both of you were talking, I had an image that came to my mind and we can't, you know, we can't like show an image right now while we're talking on the the show here, but I I guess I could share it later. I just drew some sketches of um, before you're aware of your strengths and how that looks to others, I think Mm. of um, kind of like a a line um, just going out straight. And then you rate everyone else against that line. So some people are way worse, like you said, maybe about the way you felt about your mother. Uh, Mm. And I I had the same experience with my mother. I thought that she had lesser abilities and and the way that she saw things were inferior to me. So for several years, I treated her with disrespect. And I did not appreciate the way that she saw things because I thought that the way she looked at situations was beneath the way that I would. So, you know, if you look at people from that point of view, which many people do before they recognize strengths, we see everyone as inferior in some ways. And maybe some people we think of as superior, but for the most part, everyone falls below that line. But once we take this assessment, we start to realize that the world is made up of these beautiful combinations. Every single person has a perspective that can bring benefit as long as they apply it, as long as they strengthen the talents then all of a sudden everyone has these strong, beautiful abilities. And yeah. now everyone is not only equal, but in some ways can help us. Right, Andy? We talk about this so much. Oh, sure. That we need people to help bring our strengths out even more. We cannot live alone. alone. And so this, this other perspective, instead of everyone being below our standard, everyone can bring us up 
everyone can improve how we see things as long as we're willing to connect with them and collaborate. Definitely, like now. <laughs> yes, like now. I'm actually reading a, I'm reading a book, Zai, that I would recommend to both of you. It's called Multipliers. Oh, you showed and, me the cover, yeah. Yeah, it's called Multipliers. And really what it talks about are two different types of people, multipliers and diminishers. Multipliers Ooh. really try to find talent in others and foster that growth and help them reach that next platform towards success. Yeah. Diminishers stiff arm talent they stiff arm that growth and they really try to create empires where they are the ultimate uh, decision maker they're the they're the truth they're the ones that are going to control everything and i've been keeping my eye out as i continue to coach strengths when i meet with people i don't label them whether you're a multiplier or diminisher but i try to look Mm -hmm. at them and say how do you interact in a group setting are you a force to be reckoned with in your ways the only way or do you see talent in others and you help foster that growth and it's yeah. it's kind of a neat book, and it blends really well with the concept of strengths based development. That's that. If I can add to that, guys, you remember um, I shared I I actually shared this in my book called uh, a topic on confidence with humility and confidence of superiority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those people who feel superior, they they want to be in charge. They think they they are like high competition and all. Probably it's raw competition even because I've met like multimillionaires who have raw competition, and I'm like. Gosh, I wish I can just tell him on his face, but yeah, <laughs> I can't. But yeah, and and well, I will one day. Not yet. I just gotta be his friend first. But you see, the thing about confidence and pure, I mean, purity and purity. Since both of you actually mentioned that, what I shared in the book was so. There's two types of confidence, you know. And and in every faith, in every belief, we always believe that we gotta be nice, we gotta be well mannered, gotta be ethical, gotta be anything. You know, nice, right? We all have to be nice people, treat people nicely. <laughs> Relationship mm-hmm. building. But yeah, anyways, uh, so anyways, so speaking about uh, confidence of humility is when you are still nice, you are still humble, but you exude confidence. And then there's another group, which is the normal, the norm that you see. They are so confident, they are so superior, they have to speak like they know the world and they own the world and they are the one, the best in the world. The, those that you mentioned who are the so-called Diminisher, right, uh, Andy? Correct. They, they think they are God, for example, or they are king or something. But the truth is these are the kind of people who need to get past their past and understand that they are actually feeling very inferior. That's why they need to exude this superiority. Okay, this is deep stuff, but I hope you guys get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. They are feeling inferior deep within. That's why they need to exude superiority. For example, in a family setting where domestic violence is the norm and the man is the one normally hits the wife. Why? Is it because he has nothing better to do and he just want to hit the wife? No, because he may have had an issue with his other women folk, maybe his mom, his aunt or whatever, and he feels like he, to be in control, he need to feel superior and then he will be superior. But the truth is, he had a past, he need to get past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's these two parts about being superior and confidence of superiority and humility, confidence of humility. If all of us also understood that, that would really, really, really help. And so you don't have to act like, oh, I know it all. You don't know nothing. Then we can learn to love, appreciate and respect one another. And then we can come together to help each other grow. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there will always be this bad EGO and like, oh, I'm better than you. Why should I listen to you? Then they cannot, if it, if we cannot zero ourselves, there's no way we can grow. 
Yeah. And the only yeah. way uh, for us to fill a cup is an empty cup, or at least you're willing to just take up whatever is there from zero self, listen to people, and then and then filter. You don't have to take everything. You know how to filter because you're founded and grounded with your strengths. You know your strengths. And then you move forward with life. I think that would really help a lot of people. So the diminisher and the multiplier is they all need strength, love. Basically, mm. yeah. they need love. Well, I have one they last question for love. you, Zai. Yeah. yeah, one last question. Um, then I'll let Andy wrap it up. But uh, what is your favorite strength out of your top five, and why? Well, I love all of them, but I um I love I I I love my positivity. I think and connect. Mm. I love all of them. Is that is a difficult question? <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking, do you love your mother or your father? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, take take the positivity for example. What do you like best about that? Um, well, um, well, after think, thinking much about my strengths, I think the positivity that is the one that has have been keeping me going all along. Like from there, I, I, I graduated from school and wanted to take Hannah to Japan. And then how the positivity helped me um, get out of my exit situation. Mm-hmm. And then how I, I, I decided to go to Middle East to study. And I needed lots of positivity there because the cultural difference was super humongous and then mm. right now with the book and then working with lots and lots of women is not a joke and yeah all this is the positivity is really really helping a lot zai you're you're an amazing person you're very positive obviously you're very energetic <laughs> and you have a lot of great things to teach people how do people find you how do people find me all right um okay um well um i'm pretty busy on facebook Facebook is the same name, Zai Mystique. And then there is my website. Um, well, I meet people at events, but mostly uh, my Facebook. Very good. Yeah. We'll be sure to put all those links and everything in the show notes for this for this episode. But Zai, we're going to wrap this up. We've been talking now for almost an hour, believe it or not. Wow. Time wow. does yeah. fly. So, But thank you so much. Uh, for being you, on the show. And we really do appreciate your welcome back anytime. And please do stay in touch. Yes. Of course, of course, we will. Yeah, it's we'll been be. such a pleasure to talk to you. I just want to spell out the website for anybody who's listening and maybe needs to uh, needs to know the spelling. Um, Zai's first name is Z-A-I, and her last name is M-I-Z-T-I-Q. And the website is Mizteek Ali, or is it Ally? Like Ally? Okay, so yeah. it's M-I-Z-T-I-Q-A-L-L-Y.com. Mizteekally.com. So I Thank encourage you. you, our listeners, to go visit the site, sign up for her um, seven tips strengths finding, and uh, take a look at the other products and, and services that she has. It's really amazing. I love the pictures of the henna work. It's beautiful. <laughs> and the cover of your book has some of your henna work on it, doesn't it? Or some art yeah. design. It was designed by me, and then the graphic designer took it and turned it into a book cover. It was amazing. Yeah, it is very beautiful. And Zai's well, book, Turn yeah. Passion to Profits is available on her website at the mm-hmm. $20 and it's $6 shipping and handling. And you can check out conveniently through PayPal. So I'll be grabbing a copy of that after this broadcast. Cool. Thank you guys. All I right. can't yeah. wait to meet you guys really. Yeah. Come, yes. come well, out here. We and see can't us. wait for you to come here to the United States. Right, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> More like it, right? Yeah. Yes, I will. I have to make a trip. It's on the bucket list. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Grace, thanks for All being right. on as a co-host, as always. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Zai. 
All right, everybody, this is your host, Andy Sokolovich. Thank you for listening to another episode of The One, the only, the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, thematics. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Visit UnleashedRanks.com forward slash iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to leave us a positive review. Until next time, everybody, stay addicted. Stay addicted.